0: thank you, thank you. All right. Hey, let's uh, dive into it tonight. First thing uh, that I wanted to share with you is this message of simplifying our life from Matthew 11, uh, chapter 11, verses uh, 28 through 30. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. You can just simply look up on the screen. Tonight, I put our message, our theme message in a different version for you. I want to read this. Let's read this out loud together. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Man, isn't that good? I mean, we've, for seven weeks, this is our seventh week, uh, actually talking about a simplified life. It's the first time we have ever turned to the message in that translation on how to express what Jesus was saying in such a real-time English form of speaking, our language, really, that we speak today. I love the words when he says, walk with me and work with me. Walk with me and work with me. And I love this too. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And that's really what we're talking about in this series is how to learn to live in these rhythms of grace with Jesus. Watch Jesus' life. How does Jesus respond in anxiety? How does Jesus respond in stress? How does Jesus respond in times of tension, in times of turmoil, and times of suffering? And we always see the same thing, that word that we know that Jesus was what? relaxed not a word that you would hear describing jesus all the time we're, all, we're about his action we're about his power we're about his ministry we're about his miracles we're about his incredible teaching his life-giving words and his you know healing and delivering and all these things and yet in the middle of all that stuff all those incredible things about jesus we find that his rhythmic uh, symbiotic relationship with the father was in fact incredibly relaxed That's how we're trying to live our lives. That's what we're trying to teach. That's how we're trying to equip one another. And tonight we want to talk about slowing down enough to pray, to simplify our lives enough to pray. W.F. Adams, who was actually um, C.S. Lewis's mentor, said this, but to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work, it never advances it. Isn't that good? That hurry is the death of prayer. Hurry and hurrying up and, oh, we've got to get my prayer time in. Oh, I've got to just say some words to Jesus. Oh, so I've got to you know, hurry up and check this off my box. Hurry is the death of prayer, and only impedes and spoils our work, it never advances it. Our simplified lives help us live, help us love the Father through unhurried and conversational prayer. How many of you know that prayer is simply conversing with the Father? That prayer is not a laundry list of things that you need and things that you need checked off and things that you need done right away and you need this done and you need this done and you need this done. But if we would slow down enough to really have a conversation with our Father, we would find that prayer is essential to our Christian walk. And Martin Luther said it this way, as it is the job of a tailor to create clothes and to manufacture clothes it is a job of a christian to pray actually said the word business it is the business of a christian to pray it is and we need to slow down our lives if there's an area what i believe the church is weak in and david reyes and i have talked a lot about this about how we need to return to a a spirit of prayer we need to set aside times to Pray with one another, to pray as men, to pray as women, to pray as families, to converse with God and to learn how to live in this rhythm with conversations with the Father. How do we know what the Father's saying if we're not listening? and We're not in conversation with Him. Last night we had a great time with a couple here and, and I learned that most most of my conversations are are, are around tables. They're around the kitchen table. They're around uh, playing games. They're around, you know, having having a great meal together. And I think that what the Father showed me last night is when you get to know somebody in a setting like that, in a setting that's warm and inviting, and you slow down your life long enough to make time to develop friendships, that's what the Father wants. He wants you and I to slow down our lives enough to develop a friendship with Him. As Matthew 1128 28-30 said, slow down enough to work with me. My friends, I think we need to stop working for God and start working with God. I think we need to slow down our pace of life long enough to stop racing past God and to sit on a park bench with God and listen and hear and conversate with Him. There's some examples of Jesus in prayer. Jesus had this incredible discipline in His life, and uh, we're going to unwrap some of this this evening. uh, Mark 1.35 says this, Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where He prayed. Again, in Luke 4.42, it says at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Luke 5.16, it says that Jesus often withdraw to lonely places and prayed. Henry Nouwen said this, the secret of Jesus' ministry is hidden in that lonely place where He went to pray early in the morning, long before dawn. I think that we need to discover these rhythms of Jesus. And I know what you're already thinking. I'm not, I'm not a morning person. I am not an early morning person. How many are, are morning people in the room? You, just, you love early mornings. May God bless you guys. Hallelujah. How many of you are night owls? You love the night? Yeah, that's me. I'm, a, I'm like the, the night watchman. You know, put me at the 12 at midnight to 2 in the morning shift. That's, that's where I come alive. Uh, we're going to find that, you know, uh, so many times you've probably heard your pastor say or you've heard your leaders say, man, you've got to get up early and you've got to pray to God and you've got to get up early and you've got to find your prayer closet, You've got to start your day praying to God. And I always felt guilty about not you know, being that. more I'm like, if you gave me up at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be a zombie. I'm going to be useless like, okay, this sucks. I just want to go back to bed. I don't care how many cups of coffee I've had. I don't care how much a breakfast I've had. I want to just crawl back up in my warm bed and you know, just, just snuggle with my wife. That's what I want to do. It was pretty cool, though, that Jesus gives us this balance. Check this out. In Mark chapter six, verses forty-six through forty-seven, it says this: that after leaving them, he went up to a mountainside to pray. Later that night, come on, somebody, all you night guys, say amen. Amen. We could pray at night. Yeah. The boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. Again, in Luke chapter six, verses twelve and thirteen, it says Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the what? The night, yeah, the night people praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated as apostles. So what we're, what we're just saying here is there's a rhythm. Jesus showed us that you can pray in the morning, and we should. We should start our days, uh, whether you're on your work, uh, on your way to work, just inviting God into your day. I, I understand the power of that. I really do. I understand the power of inviting and hearing the voice of God early in the morning. I understand of hearing that this is my son, my beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. That's a great way to start your day, to hear from the Father, to set aside that time. And then if you're a night person, you you operate more alertly at night, you can say, man, this is a time I'm setting aside for for, uh, my time with God. This is a time I want to hear from God. This is a time that I'm going to be the watchman on the wall, so to speak, and have the night watch and so that we can make sure that we are conversing with God at all times of day point is simply this do you have a rhythm of prayer does your life slow down enough sometime during the day or night that you can converse with God and develop this friendship with him that's a simplified life what do we allow ourselves to to do how many relationships are we allowing ourselves to establish and to create and to nurture That's all God is asking for. Would you come and work with me? I'm inviting you into my company. I'm inviting you to do life with me. Let's develop this relationship together. Let's simplify our lives enough so that we can declutter our minds, meditate on God, and develop this relationship with Him. Simplify your life to pray. How about following in the rhythms of Jesus? There's five things I want to unpack tonight. The first one is when should we pray? Two is how often should we pray? Three is where should we pray? Four, who should we pray with? And five, how long should we pray? Learning the rhythms of Jesus is slowing down to hear the voice of the Father. It's unplugging. It's learning to shut things off. It's learning to make sure you're consolidating time. You're, you're setting aside time just for Him. In His book... Um, uh, uh, well, the name just went right out of my head, it's called The Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life. Donald Whitney. Did you just say that? Because that's good if you did. Donald Whitney says, if we do not allot time for prayer, no time will be allotted for prayer. That's pretty profound, right? If we do not set aside time for prayer, we, I promise you, you won't pray. It's simply as if you don't set aside a time to you know, lunchtime, you probably will miss lunch. If you're so busy, you're just going to miss lunch. If you don't set time aside to work out or to run or to ride or to hike, you just won't do it because that time will get sucked up with something else. And it's just as that important. If you don't allot time for prayer, there will be no time for prayer allotted. So number one is when. Well, Jesus often prayed. And it was cool because He prayed when His soul was at rest. If you notice the rhythms of Jesus, He drew away from the demands of the crowd to pray. He went to a place where he could, unpl- he could unplug, so to speak. He could turn his computer off. And that probably would be his case today. If he would just to escape to the mountains or he'd go to the sea and he would go and just unplug, if you, if you will. He would unplug from the demands of his ministry. He would set time aside where his soul could rest. It's like the South American tribe that runs and runs and runs, right? And we've, we've said this before. And they sit down and they say we sit down randomly so that our souls can catch up to our bodies. I think as Americans in a Western church, we need time to sit down so that our souls can catch up with our bodies. Because we run, and we're busy, and we're bombarded with stuff, and we're bombarded with electronics, we're bombarded with news, we're bombarded with politics, we're bombarded with with work and family and finances and, and bills and cars breaking down and children running amok and... And and distress and stress and, and you know, all the stuff that's pressurizing us. And it's time for us this time that Jesus set aside when was whether it was early in the morning or late in the evening, Jesus made sure that there were no other outside influences that could vie for his attention. And he would have deep conversation with his father. Here's your question tonight. What works for you? What works for you? Are you an early morning person who can hear the voice of God at that time? Or are you a night owl that can be the watch guard during the late night hours? What is your rhythm? Ask yourself that tonight. What, if I were to really start this year and set aside time to pray with God, set aside time to converse with God, what would be my rhythm? What would work for me? I, I, I have found myself I mean, I remember Teresa and I, uh, we had lived way out in the country in Indiana, and we had land, and, and it was just really, it was country. Matter of fact, when we go back home, I realize how far out we lived from everything. And I'm like, golly, it takes forever to get anywhere out here. Um, but nevertheless, I had a 45-minute ride to work, and that was my my time with the Father in the morning or in the afternoon, depending on what shift I was on that that season. And I remember taking that time and almost zoning out, being aware of what was around me, but there was no, of course this was, you know, they had no cell phones, and and I think I had a pager, that, that was the big hot topic, you know, you had a, a pager back then, you know, if you want to get a hold of me, page me, you know, so, you know beat me, you know, um, anyway, then you have to go find a payphone, anybody remember payphones, you find a payphone, because your pager went off, where are you going, my pager went off, I'm going to make a phone call, um, and so this 45 minute ride would be my time to converse with God, and to listen to God, and that was my win. I'm just asking you tonight, what is your win? Maybe you love to run tonight, and that is your win. Maybe you're a cyclist, and that is your win. Maybe you set time aside to exercise at a gym, and that is your win. Maybe you are that person that can get up early in the morning and, then, and it's silent. And, and, and I know, here's the thing. It's like, what's the hardest thing about beginning a workout? What's the hardest part of going to a gym? The beginning. Pushing the door open, right? That's what the old adage is. If I could just get to a gym and push the door open, I always feel so much better. If I can get on my bike and ride 20 miles, I always feel so much better. It's the first crank. It's the getting up and going. It's the decision that you have to make to make your when. When What is your when? Let me just encourage you tonight. If you're struggling with a conversation with God, you're struggling with a relationship with God, let me just encourage you tonight to start with a when. What's your when? what's your when? You're probably thinking about it right now. When can I allot time just to converse with the Father? Is it in the morning, half an hour before anybody gets up? That might be you. Is it later in the evening when everybody's gone to bed and it's still quiet? Here's the point, my friends. I want to make sure that when you do have prayer, when you're conversing with God, that there's nothing else that can attach itself to your time. Right? You're not trying to squeeze in a workout at lunchtime because you know, you, that's what you've got. You're not trying to, to, to get a uh, ride in before, before anything because that's what you've got and a phone could ring at any time and you know, you're on call or whatever. When is so important. Jesus gave us wins. He gave us times when He would draw away when He knew that no other demands were on His life. He could simply set total attention back to the Father. That was His when. So what works for you? You know, here at Keystone, we're not big on demanding. We don't put you through hoops. We don't say this is when you have to pray and this is when we pray and you should be here for prayer. What I'm saying is this. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit tonight and find out what rhythm works for you. It's like being on a farm. As you know, I worked on a farm as I was a teenager and there was nothing you could do about the seasons. They were coming. You couldn't stop them. Fall was coming, harvest. Winter was coming, mechanical. Spring was coming, plant. Summer was coming, you bailed hay until your eyes turned green. That's just what you did. There's nothing you can do about it. Listen, you can try to fight the seasons. You can, you can, you can, look at. you can rebuke winter all you want, but winter is coming. You can rebuke the rains. You can rebuke the sun. You can rebuke summer. You can rebuke fall. You can do whatever you want. You can super spiritualize it, but I promise you, there's nothing you can do about it. It is coming. The same as the rhythms in life, the seasons in life. What? Well, what I want to help you tonight and help me tonight understand is that there is rhythms and seasons of life and we need to just simply embrace those seasons in which you find yourself in. I promise you tonight, if you'll learn to embrace the rhythmic seasons of God, the rhythmic seasons of Jesus in your life, you'll live the fullest life you could possibly live. You will be happy all the time. You'll be filled with joy unspeakable and, and full of glory because you have found a rhythm. Let me just encourage you tonight, my friend. Stop kicking against the rhythms that God is trying to establish in your life. Some of you get up early and you don't know why. The Lord is waking you up. Come on, let's spend time together. Come away, my love. Come with me. Some of you, like you're, you can stay up till midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and still get up in time and feel refreshed in the morning. And he's saying, stay up with me. Come, my lover. Let's spend time together. Come and converse with me. I've got many secrets to share with you. Listen, guys listen to your when. Secondly, how often, how often should we pray? Well, Jesus made prayer a a regular part of his life. Paul exhorted us in Thessalonians to pray continually or pray without ceasing. Jesus made prayer a lifestyle. He was known to often draw away to pray. This was the mark of his ministry. The Bible says that Jesus often withdrew from the crowds. He often, that was a trademark, it was an earmark of Jesus's character. Let's just, let me encourage you tonight that prayer shouldn't be something that we call once a month. Their prayer shouldn't be at 6 o'clock before service and that's the only time we converse with God. Prayer should be a, continually, a, a continual lifestyle that you and I embrace. Are you known as a person of prayer is our challenge on this one. Is prayer a part of your everyday lifestyle? Do you find the rhythm of praying continually a joy or a job? Well, it's my job to pray. I've got to go pray. Is it a chore or is it a joy? Do you find yourself clothed in prayer? Do you find yourself thinking and conversing and listening to the Father throughout your day? That's the word praying continually. It's that you're known for that. It's part of the rhythms of your life. It's simplifying your life enough to know that this is who I am. I am a person of prayer. I'm continually in conversation with the Father. I've decluttered my mind. There's nothing that's mine for my time. And I now cloak myself in this beautiful thing that we call prayer. This conversation with God. A.W. Tozer said this, that prayer is this incense that goes before the nostrils of the Father that He answers through pouring them back out on the earth. When our prayers go up before the Father, it's a beautiful incense that fills the, fills the temple. And then as He answers His prayers, He throws them back out on the earth. Here's your answer. A lot of times the answers come right back to us. Is prayer part of your regular life? Is it part of your routine? Are you known as a person of prayer? Do people say, yeah, that guy often draws away? Or do you rarely draw away? Do you rarely ask God? Do you rarely say that I'm a person of prayer? Do people see you praying? I remember uh, um, I had lived with Teresa's parents for a while. And I can tell you that her parents were people of prayer. And I remember coming tonight, and it was late night. Her dad used to work afternoons and So that, for all of you, you know, bankers out there, that's 3 to 11s. You know, if you're a steel mill worker, you know what swing shifts are. So afternoons at 3 to 11.30, he would get home about midnight. And uh, more often than not, I would come home, and he would be in the living room on his knees, hands on his couch, and Jimmy would be praying. He was known as a man of prayer. Teresa would say, i got to call my mama. I said, why are you calling your mama? Because I know she prays. If I need someone to pray, I call my mom. I know she prays. She is known as a woman of prayer. Do you understand the difference? It's not saying I'm super spiritual and, oh, if you need something, call me because I'll pray for you. I made it a commitment. I made a vow once. I said, I will never tell you that I'm praying for you unless I intentionally pray for you. If you hear me say, I will pray for you or I am praying for you, I am praying for you. I want to be known as that man. I want to be known as a man who says, man, if I'm praying for you, you can guarantee that I'm praying. I am praying for your business. I am praying that God would send you the right people to your business. You know why? Because Matt asked me to. Hey, pray with me about this. Pray with me as I start this business and I need the right people to come around me with the right vision to come around this thing and make this thing a success. I'm 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 going to co-join with him and agree with him and say, I'm going to pray with you. Can that be said of you? If I were to ask you tonight, man, I really need you to pray about this. Can you say, you got it? I think there's a lot of us in the room that I can totally trust and believe that they're praying with me. But I think we we toss it around like we do pizza. Hey, praying for you, man, and you're not praying for anybody. You know, you're you're thinking about them, but you're not praying for them. There's a difference. I've learned to listen to the Holy Spirit. When He brings someone to mind, it could just be popped into my head. And, for instance, it was a gentleman this week that I haven't talked to in so long. And the Lord popped him into my head. And I, his name's Marcus Robinson. He's a pastor here in town. Maybe some of you know him. I don't know. And I texted him very quickly. And as soon as his name and his face came into my head, I popped, I popped him a message. It's Marcus, I'm praying for you right now. I don't know what you're going through, but the Holy Spirit put your face in my head. And he said, bro, he texted me back, thank you so much. Uh, I'm under incredible uh, stress. I've got this uh, weekend thing, this, this ministry that we're doing, and I'm, I'm just hoping that God moves. I said, you got it. So I pray. On my way to work, I'm praying for Marcus Robinson. Just What do I say that for? Not that I'm a great man of prayer. I'm really not. It's probably one of the weakest areas of my life. I'm just being honest and transparent with you. Is there an area that I can improve upon? I would say prayer is number one. But I do know this, that I've learned to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I've learned, to, I've learned to act on those simple little things. Well, why am I thinking of Marcus Robinson right now? Oh, I know why. I'm supposed to pray for him. And I send him a text. And sure enough, something's going on in his life where he needs a little extra backing. He needs someone to come alongside of him and encourage him move on number three where should we pray this is kind of big i know it's like you're like well big deal you pray anywhere yes you're right but check this out jesus seemed to enjoy being in nature to pray the celts followed in the same fashion being in nature to pray heightens the sense of god's presence and gives us a chance to disengage from human made things or entities the celts discovered the the clover and, and realized as they're looking at the clover they saw the Trinity of God and this mystery was revealed to them by being in nature. They were praying, meditating. They'd glance over to Clover and like, that explains the Trinity. Whoa! It's three in one. Get it three in one. And you'll run around the Clover. Look and check it out. I just discovered the Trinity in nature. Amazing. God is awesome. Jesus withdrew the mountains or the seashore. That's where He seemed to love. He withdrew the mountains or He'd be on the sea. Getting in nature allows us to get away from and unplug from human-made entities or human-made things. And then you begin to meditate and you begin to enjoy the sounds and the creation that God has put in front of us everywhere, all around us. I, I love uh, I don't I don't I, I love riding my bike, but I miss mountain biking. Mountain biking gave us an opportunity to get off paved roads and and into crazy settings, into you know, exciting adventures and, and intense descents and 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 you know praying to God my son doesn't wipe out in front of me. But she always did anyway. But anyway. I I miss that. I miss that sitting on top of a hill and sitting and talking with your buddies and and just enjoying what God has made, and meditating in that and saying, man, God, you're awesome. How, how awesome are you? And it's not hard. I mean, we live in Colorado, for crying out loud, right? You just look out our front door every morning and go, wow, this is really cool to live here. It leads us to this. Where do you pray? Do you find a place outside or hiking on a trail or running a course or riding a bike or simply walking? I oh, know, Carl, I'm so encouraged because in the summertime you walk and meditate on the trail and your meditations, you share them. And, and I love that. I love, I love because when you're walking, all of a sudden God gives you a word, a word that you never would have saw or, or a creek. And, and I, like, I like things that move. So I like to walk next to a creek or a river or you know, movement. I can stop and go, man, that's movement. That, that, that creek's going somewhere, man. It's making noise. It's, it's alive. It's moving. It's moving. I want to encourage you tonight to find your place of connection with the Father. Look outside. We live in Colorado. It's not hard to find the beauty of the Father everywhere. Where's your place? Hey, look at it. Your place might be your kitchen table, and that's awesome. Your place might be, uh, as Jesus said, when you go pray in your closet. He's not literally talking about a closet. He's talking about a place that's disconnected from every other place. What's your place? Do you have it in your mind? What's your place? So Rhiannon, you, you'd love to run, and, and that might be your catharsis. That might be your place to run. I, Teresa and I were training for a half marathon uh, a couple years ago, and, and I remember running in Alabama because we had to do 10 miles one day, and we're like, this is going to be a lot of fun because we're, we're going to run through the woods in, in uh, southern Alabama. It was awesome. I'm like, now this I could get into. You know, because you're you're muddy and you got to stop and walk a little bit because it's slick and you got a rock and some trees and you're jumping over logs and you're like, okay, now this is fun. Running running on a road for 13 and a half miles is insane. I mean, it's I'm like, oh my god. You experience every emotion if you've ever run at all.
1: I hate you.
0: I love you. I'm so happy. I'm so sad supporting me shut up <laughs> am I peeing or am I just sweating I don't know both I I uh, it's insane you know I, but uh, the experience is is incredible but my, my point is this find find your where we have a when find your when find your how often Find your where. You will be surprised. I promise you. You'll be surprised if you'll find a where that you love to go to. And that's your spot. That's your place. Running through the woods. Hiking through the woods. uh, Riding your your bike. Walking. And I know I'm associating a lot of this with, with activity, but it could be sitting still. It could be at your kitchen table. It could be doing dishes. It could be... Well, I don't think anybody can touch Jesus doing dishes. I'm not sure that's possible. I'm just kidding. Do you, do you, does he understand the point? What, where's your where? Where's your where? Find your where. I remember working on a farm. Uh, we used to chop corn. We used a lot of no-till to save the soil in upstate New York. And, and so uh, the, the the harvest would come, and we'd we'd harvest the corn, and then we would just chop it. We'd have a chopper, and... and um, and that was that was always my job. And I'd be out till two or three in the morning chopping corn. We call it chopping corn, really just chopping the stalks down enough to get the soybeans drilled and uh, for the next season. It's called rotating the crops. And I remember just, I was a young kid, I was only about 17 or 18. I remember just t- for some reason that time for me, again it was at night, the lights were on. You couldn't get a radio station. If it was, it was country. So like I said, you couldn't get a radio station. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm writing a country song. I won't even say what it is. All right Anyway, so I'm chopping corn, and I, and I, I get into this weird, like, like zone. And this, maybe it's was the drone of the tractor, maybe it was just the, the sound of the chopping corn. And, and, and for I, I don't know what happened. I got translated, or I, maybe I fell asleep. It was probably the latter of the two, but I was in such a place of peace that I don't know how long that I was gone but I remember waking up and not knowing where I was or coming to or something it was this moment with God that I had and I and I remember it vividly and so I was scared to death because I didn't know where I was if you've ever been out in the middle of a dark field all you have is a tractor lights on it's very disorienting I had no idea what I had chopped what wasn't chopped I was going on an angle now I wasn't with the with the rows and and that became a where for me. That became that that moment sort of typified my where for the rest of my adult life. And I find myself at night connecting with God in places alone and silent. I love just sitting by fires, right, and watching fire at fires just burn and connecting with God there. We went camping this year in Montana, and it was just well, you know, our camping is renting right a cabin, so it's not really camping. But anyway. We have a little fire pit there, and, um, and sitting there watching that fire, I'm like, God, I, I connect with you here. I'm basically just saying this, my friends. Where, where do you, if you will slow down enough and simplify and declutter your life enough to find a where, it'll change your life. Find a where. Okay, number four. Who should we pray with? Hey, look, sometimes we need to pray alone. Sometimes it's just you and God. Sometimes we need others to come alongside of us, and we pray as a corporate gathering, and we agree in prayer. Sometimes we need our closet friends. uh, Our closet friends, yeah. (laughs) Our closest friends. (laughs) Hey, man, you know, maybe you need some closet friends every once in a while. I don't know. Come on, the closet friends. All right. Uh, Deepening relationships and connecting hearts can come easily through praying together. Um, I love praying together with people. I love praying with men and women. I love hearing their hearts in prayer. I love our... 6 o'clock gathering here before service because what you hear in prayer is what you hear from the heart. Uh, out of the heart, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we pray, we're hearing each other's hearts. We're hearing what's on our hearts. We're hearing the longing of each other's hearts. And I think sometimes it's healthy to pray together. Sometimes it's healthy to come together as a group and say, man, we're just going to gather this side, this time, is set aside to pray together and to hear each other's hearts. I don't know if there's a better way to strengthen spiritual relationships than through hearing each other pray. Prayer is an intimate, secretive disclosure of what's going on in your spirit. And when you're vulnerable enough to spend time with men and women, or men or women, or men uh, men with men and women with women, or, or just corporately, you're disclosing the very secrets of your heart to one another. You're saying, I am vulnerable enough to share this with you. I'm vulnerable enough to expose what's in my heart through prayer, that connects people faster than any other spiritual way I know. Look, we have men's retreats, and you can go on retreats for women, and you can teach, and those are good, and they're needed, and they're necessary. Man, you go on camping trips, and we can have roundtable dinners, and we can have our men's group on Tuesday nights in my basement, and those are good and necessary. But my, listen to me, guys. Nothing will establish deeper spiritual relationships than hearing one another pray and exposing the very nature of God in you. Vulnerability in prayer is the quickest way to deep relationship. Sharing your heart with someone else. Praying with others is important. Jesus said, uh, "Let me teach you how to pray," because his disciples, like man, I guess we don't really get it. We've been praying our entire lives. We pray the Talmud. We pray the Psalms. We pray, you know, all these things that we're taught to pray. But I don't, we don't pray like you, Jesus. So show us your heart through prayer. Show us your heart. Show us your vulnerability through the way you pray. Man, I'm telling you, I'll bet that, that relationship with Jesus and His boys strengthened exponentially when they were allowed to share their hearts with the Father and Jesus said, When you pray, say this, Our Father. Connect with your Father. Connect with His character. Connect with who He is. Pray together. It's so important. I remember um, we had had set this prayer time for a season at a friend of mine's house. It was Gary Black and I and some other guys. And, uh, you know, it was like at 5, stinking 30 in the morning. And I hated it, but Gary kept bugging me, so I went and it's one of those things like pushing the gym door open, right? You know, once you're there, you're like, man, I'm so glad I'm here. I got a cup of coffee. I'm with, some, I'm with some good guys. And I got to know two other gentlemen, not because we spent time together shooting pool or playing cards or whatever, or hanging out and riding bikes. I got to know them because of their prayers they prayed. I connected with their needs and their desires to see revival and their desires to see God move and their desires of healing and signs and wonders and restoration of marriages and restoration of finances for people. I connected with them because not of what we were doing, but who we were doing something with. We were connecting to the heart of the Father. Prayer with whom or with who is so important. We learn about each other through prayer. Who do you pray with? Do you pray with your spouse, your friends, a trusted companion? Sometimes rhythms of life draws us into seasons of prayer that allow us to connect with the hearts of people all around us. You know, Haley and Donovan, certainly Haley has this desire to have corporate prayer and worship. And there's there's something to that. And, I, and, and it's probably going to be developed this year better. We did it one time last year, and it, it really transformed us in a lot of ways. We heard prophetic words. We really heard the direction of, who our church was gonna be we want to be a church that you know you belong at we want strangers to know that they belong we want the broken to know they belong we heard that through a prophetic word in corporate prayer and worship see that wouldn't happen necessarily if that person was praying by themselves now maybe that person got that word while they were praying by themselves and hearing the voice of the father but it was communicated corporately it actually shifted the way we thought about our church through corporate prayer and worship. We allotted time, we slowed down, and we said we are going to take the time, and this is important to us, we're going to take the time to pray together. We're going to take the time to worship together. And finally, how long should we pray? Well, look, guys, prayer is a conversation. Let me, let me put this in your spirit tonight. It is listening as much as it is talking. In teaching on communication, listening is a vital part of communing, prayer is sometimes shutting your mouth and listening. Prayer should be prayer should last as long as there is conversation to be had. This is how we pray continually. So Teresa was teaching. We were counseling this couple in marriage, and last week was about communication. And if you know anything about communication, like like Hitch said, ninety percent of what you're saying ain't coming out of your mouth. All right? If you ever seen that show, it's true. We talk with our bodies, we talk with our hands, we talk with our inflection, we talk with our faces. That's why we don't communicate real well over texts and emails. We need to call and hear somebody's voice. We need to see them in face. We need to go to their house and, and share with them. Prayer is conversation with God. If conversation is, community, is communing, then part of what prayer is is shutting up and listening. If you're doing all the talking all the time, I don't think that's really prayer. I think prayer is a two-way street. Prayer is listening. Prayer is hearing. Prayer is meditating. Responding to something that God is saying. Do you listen as much as you talk in your prayers? I've shared this before with you when we had a huge tent set up in this youth room at our other church, and, and there my watch was from 12 to 2, right? So uh, with, with my rhythms of life. And I would sit there and I put an empty chair across from me and I would sit and listen for the first half hour. I wouldn't say a word. I had an empty chair across from me and I would say, all right, Father, speak. Have my Bible open. He'd share some things with me via his word. He'd speak through me through the Spirit. And then I would pray back to him. That's, that's incredible, Father. That that, that revelation's amazing. I don't even know what to do. With can you can you expand on that for me? Can you help me? How does that apply to our life? How can I apply that to the to the young men and women I'm discipling. How can I translate that to, to missions? How can I translate that to life? How do, how do I translate what you just gave me to help me live a better life here on the planet? Do you see the difference between, all right, let me check my list. I have Father pray for so-and-so and Aunt Susie and Aunt Carol, Uncle Rob and Uncle Lum and, you know, Aunt <laughs> Elsie. I actually have an Uncle Lum and Aunt uh, Elsie. Anyway, uh, pray for them. Yep, check, check, check. Somebody's got a goiter problem, check that. He needs a liver issue to check that. Uh, check 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 love you did i did i hit my uh, what, the acts acronym wasn't it what's the acronym adore confess thanksgiving and supplicate got them checked them all off boom done see ya what how is that a conversation how 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 did you hear anything from the father how did you how did you have a conversation with god on one side, the conversation is what boring. <laughs> I don't want to hear you talk all the time. I want, I want to listen. I want you to listen. Do you listen as much as you talk about? It? Do you have a rhythmic pattern, a rhythmic pattern to your prayer life? A real conversation with the Father. How long should you pray? How long is the conversation going to go on? What are some resistors to this type of prayer? Man, time, I'd say, number one. Amen? Time. Chasing time. Simplify your life. Simplify it enough so that you can let go of something to allot for something else. What did we just do today? Didn't you just get rid of DirecTV today? March. So we're, we're making steps in our own life to take things that rob from us and getting rid of it so that we can have more time to do the things that we know we're called to do. There's nothing wrong with TV. If you have TV, I'm not saying it, or cable, whatever. Whatever, it doesn't matter. For Teresa and I, in this season of life, we, we realize we're going to simplify that area of our life and we're going to say that is going to be set aside. We're going to put that aside and we're going to invest more in relationships. We're going to spend more time with people that we love. We want to spend more time with couples that we want to get to know. That not only, not only frees up financially, but it also frees up time. I'm just asking you tonight. What is robbing you of your time? Cast it aside. Number two, work. Big one, right? Work can, can be associated with time. Stress, number three, we're overcommitted. We have bad habits. We're not disciplined. How many of you know it takes discipline to pray? It does. Just being honest with you. Take discipline to pray. It's one of the seven spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. It's discipline to pray. I think this is huge for us. Meditation. Meditation is the bridge between Bible reading and prayer. You want to talk to God? You want to have a conversation with God? Read His Word. Meditate. Pray on what you read. William Bridges' Puritan teacher said this, Reading without meditation is unfruitful. Meditation without reading is hurtful. To meditate and to read without prayer upon both is without blessing. What would they say? he would say, look, you're going to have a conversation. God speaks through His Word. And obviously, being a Spirit-filled church, we believe that He speaks through His Spirit as well. But He always confirms it through His words. so you don't have to you know, get goofy out there. He speaks through His Word. He speaks through His Spirit in His Word. He speaks through even the inflection and the way you read His Word. You're going to discover things that are so fascinating, so... Mysterious. And then when you meditate upon that, I promise you the natural byproduct of meditation is prayer. Let me say that again. The natural byproduct of meditation is prayer. When you meditate on something, you're thinking about something, you automatically translate that meditation to a conversation with the Father. The natural byproduct of meditation is prayer. Prayer without meditation, can I say it, is unfruitful. You are hitting a brass ceiling. You're just going through a motion. One of the deepest weaknesses of our church today is we do not know how to meditate. We do not know how to settle our minds and sit for sitting's sake and rest for resting's sake and meditate on what we have heard the Holy Spirit say. We don't know how to do it. It's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It is hard. Follow the rhythms of Jesus through... Colossians 4.2, he said, Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer. Prayer is a result, get this last statement tonight. Prayer is the result of a cultivated relationship with God. This takes time. This takes slowing down and simplifying. This takes getting rid of the things that rob us from the most important friendship of our lives through Jesus Christ. I'll read it one more time. Prayer is a result of a cultivated, oh sweet, relationship with God. This takes time. This takes slowing down and getting rid of the things that rob us from the most important friendship of our lives. This is prayer. All right, stand with me tonight. If you get anything tonight, find, find a rhythm. Find your rhythm. Find the season of life. Stop, stop bucking against the season of life that you're in. Man, some of you got little itty-bitty ones, and it's just impossible to do some of the stuff you're talking about at some of the times I'm talking about. Your time might be like 11 in the morning when the baby goes down for a nap and it's just quiet time. That's your rhythm. Listen, all I'm saying tonight is listen to that. Listen to the rhythm of God. Listen to the rhythm of life. Listen to the the things that God is trying to speak to you through these simple rhythmic seasons that He establishes. Stop kicking against it. Stop fighting it. And by the way, stop feeling guilty. Set yourself free from that. God has cultivated a beautiful family. You're part of that. You're beautiful. You're perfect in Him. Find that rhythm. Stay in it. What works for you? Stay in it. Find your where. Find your when. Find your people. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, help us, God, because we know we are weak at this. We are not strong at prayer. Some of us might have an amazing prayer life, Father. We need to learn and glean from them. Some of us are weak in this area, and we need to strengthen that area in our life, not to check off a, a box in the spiritual disciplines, but simply to say we want to develop this relationship with You. Holy Spirit, I pray tonight that the message was penetrating and it changes us. Not, God, not just to, you know, to, to, to do another bullet point message or whatever. It's useless without change. So I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would change us as your family. Simplify our lives. Help us to to learn to live simply. Help us to learn to live in a rhythm with you, Jesus. We love you so much tonight. We love you so much tonight. Help us to slow down this week enough to hear your voice. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Real quick, before you leave, I wanted to just share something with you. I felt like the Lord said tonight that that uh, that I need to bless you, and so if you'll just bear with me as as we speak a blessing over your life. This is important because a lot of times we leave the house of God and and we're not blessed. We we need the blessing of God to really sustain our lives, and so. Um, let's just take an attitude a posture of receiving tonight. and just simply putting your hands out. I mean, it, it, this is just a posture of receiving. It's not spiritual or anything like that. Just Well, it is spiritual, but it's not religious. So let me just speak this over your life tonight. For all of those who have been so faithful in your giving, I bless you in Jesus' name. And I pray that those gifts that you've given will come back to you 30, 60, and 100-fold. I pray tonight that whatever you put your hand to, it will prosper as Jesus promised. I pray for you, businessmen. I pray for you, teachers. I pray the lives you touch will be eternally changed. And they'll rise up and call you blessed. I pray for you, leaders that are leading organizations and businesses, and I pray that God will give you unmerited favor and grace. I pray for you, men and women that are working in the marketplace and raising a family and doing ministry, that you would have grace and peace upon your life to sustain both and all with excellence I pray for you men and women tonight that are struggling in your jobs and your careers and you're frustrated I pray that God would give you grace to redeem that work back to him for his glory and for your good I pray tonight for you men and women who are mommies and daddies I pray that God would give you wisdom to raise up your children in ways that they are so blessed and they will grow up to call you blessed. I pray for us as men that we'll know how to treat our wives and speak their language and hear the voice of their heart, not necessarily the voice of their lips but hear from their hearts. And I pray for you women as well that you learn to live in a rhythmic pattern with your husband, not as the head or not as the tail, but that which comes alongside of as a partner. I pray for our children here tonight and in the nursery and those young people that are here in the room i pray for you young people that are just starting your lives out man i bless you guys in jesus name i really do i pray you'd find your way i pray answers would come to the questions that you have about jesus and the relationship you have with him and if you're single here tonight i pray that if it's your heart's desire to be in a relationship that god would bring that perfect mate to you in perfect timing i bless you my friends I bless you, my family. With all the blessings of this house, I bless you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.